Hello and welcome to Internet Dragons TV. This is Roger, and today I've got Joe with me, and we are going to be talking about the Tomb Raider reboot game that came out not that long ago. It, it was a little while ago, however. Both of us had held off buying it, and we'll get into the reasons why a little later on. And then it came on sale on Steam, along with many other games and of course steam sales dictate that you must buy all the things and so by then i'd heard some other much more positive things about the game and decided to give it a shot and sure enough i was not disappointed either so joe welcome to the show let's start off right from the 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 beginning we had talked about this when it was first announced on for the lore and we're talking Mm -hmm. quite a while back now and one of the things that really put us off about it was the PR crap that they were doing in regards to making a big deal about the quote-unquote potential rape scene and how it shaped her. And I know for me, I just, that's one of the things now that I have no tolerance for. And it doesn't need to be in games. And that was the main thing that actually held me off from the game. Now, I know it bothered you as well, but I don't know if it was more so that or also just that you're not, you weren't a huge fan of Tomb Raider to begin with. Both. Um, the original Tomb Raider series didn't exactly endear themselves to me at all. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of them. I thought they were boring gameplay, thought that the games were just kind of blech uh, and overall. Uh, and then so when they announced the other one, I wasn't really excited about it because I wasn't such a big fan of the original series. So I didn't really have my interest. And then the the PR stuff, uh, it wasn't so much that the rape scene was potentially going to be in there because unfortunately that is a sad reality of life that that happens. And I hate, the th- I hate that I have to say that. But it was everything that happened after that that really kind of soured me even further on it. Like I'm not, not pro-rape or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. So <laughs> let's um, make, that, make that clear. It's just that when, instead of just saying, okay, we made a mistake – they started defending the decision in weird ways for months. And it wasn't like a couple of people misspeaking. It was literally they're trying to defend their design decision for months. When it's easily, it would have just been much better. Well, it would have been better overall for them to say, okay, we understand this is sensitive for people. We're going to take it out and just be done with it and be over with it and just let it go. Well, the thing, too, is when you're actually playing it now, I'm not certain whether or not, A, it was toned down from that point, or if, B, it was, which is what I had heard, basically that was just PR trying to use this type of bad marketing, viral marketing kind of thing, to get word of mouth about the game. Because when you actually get to that part of the game, and, and I'm hypersensitive to this kind of thing, it's nothing. I mean, there's there's sleazy mm-hmm. moments where you get that, you know, you know, something bad's going to happen here, but the game won't allow it to happen. Before that would happen, you get killed. Because if you yes. fail that quick time event, it's not that she gets raped, it's that she gets killed. And so the only way to get past it is to actually kill the, the guy who's who's doing this to you. But But yeah, it was... I, I got to that point, and and it was like that's that's it because I, obviously I died the first time, <laughs> so I was like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I'm going what the hell because it's not always clear at the beginning some of the quick right. time oh, events. Yeah. I was like what the hell am I supposed to be doing here? And uh, and sure enough, I got killed, and so it was like okay, well it it's it's sleazy. You can see that that's what they're insinuating, but it never leads to that. So 
I can forgive that. The illusion of this terrible thing, but not leading down a path where you're seeing or even, you know, kind of strong hinting that this is happening. So I don't know if you felt the same way playing through it. Uh, you could definitely see um, the earmarks of it, so to speak. Like, you could definitely see how that was sort of the general perception on a, a few of the uh, earlier, uh, specifically the earlier uh, quick time encounters, when it's like one-on-one or two-on-one. Um, but it wasn't as bad as I expected. Like, and I think that they used it, and this is where, again, more often than not, well, not more often, all the time, it, it wasn't that, like... It, the threat was there that they're going to do bad things to her, but the reality was they just killed her immediately. Right. And that, that's well, what and, happened throughout the, the entire game. And it fit better, too, with oh, yeah. the story, which we'll talk about a little, little bit later, I'm sure, but it, it fit better that they would just murder her outright. Yeah. So, anyways, so. It, 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 all that just to say that if if this was a reason why you were holding off from playing the game because you'd heard this, um, take it from a couple guys that are, again, hypersensitive to this kind of thing that it's, it's I don't want to say it's non-existent, but really the, the reality is if you're playing through it, you're not going to come across a scene that will make you turn the game off and walk away. Now, I, I shouldn't say that actually because I did read from some people who said they got to and I'm assuming it's that point, and basically turned it off and walk away. But I think that that's more so if you, and I'm not going to assume for them, but, you know, if you didn't actually play through it to see what would happen. And and me, it's not that it was a curiosity of, okay, I want to see. No, it was a, I screwed up and died. So I think that, again, if people actually play through it, they'll see that that's, 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 uh, it's it's handled appropriately enough, in my opinion, because that's one it's of the things. A in, lot better than any, any oh, yeah. other game. If 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 I'm watching a movie so and that comes on, we turn it off. Seriously, I don't need to watch the rest of the movie. There's movies that we've never seen the end because a rape scene comes on, and it's like, nope, sorry, I don't need to see it. Don't even need to. Nope, not going to have any of that. And so, um, so for me to say playing through this and saying, yeah, this was this was fine, then I'm I'm hoping that carries some weight. The thing, too, is that they use this as a device to make this cult of men on this island much more easy for you to kill. (laughs) You don't feel bad often these bastards. Now, she does initially, and that's something we'll get into a bit. Now, before we get into that, though, let's actually talk about what the story is. So why don't you explain the beginning of what we're looking at? Okay, so what originally happened here is uh, Laura's on an expedition. She's been pushing for this for a very, very, very long time, and she's looking for the lost uh, kingdom of Yamatai. Uh, it's a Asian offshoot-style uh, kingdom uh, that was supposed to be ruled over by the Sun Queen. Um, it's supposed to be the big, like this big thing that everybody's been going through. It's basically her... Ark of the Covenant, so to speak. Uh, and it's her and uh, her friend that she, from college, um, and uh, other players like the captain, the uh, leader of the expedition, one of the other professors. Um, and what happens is they're on this boat and they're talking about uh, finding this place. And she's got 
little bits of information that point in the exact opposite direction of every other person that's searched for Yamatai before her. And it's kind of cool because you can start seeing the, the confidence of the character. Yeah. Because Laura Croft has always been a very confident character, uh, even in her earlier incarnations. And you can see that carried over here. And the voice acting is really superb oh, with her as well. Oh, my God. The, the voice and, acting is insane. Oh. It's the And I had it up. The voice is done by Camilla Luddington. Who, yes. uh, who's been on TV and other things as well, and the voice acting is amazing. And not just her, but even the supporting yes. cast and even the extras, the voice acting is really well done. But you can see that confidence bleed over where she's sitting there, she's like, I know I'm right. This is what we need to do. This is what we're going to do. And she's young and, at the time, too. Like this she's is young. Her she's first, right out of college. Yeah, her first expedition. So it's saying a lot about the character. But it was done in such a way, too, that you recognize the confidence and you recognize it as her, you know, based on the character mm-hmm. as well. But it's never overconfident kind of thing where it's it's my way or the highway or that it, it feels too much like a character that's that's boasting about their intelligence or anything like that. It never comes across as such. It's just she knows what she's talking about. Oh, she absolutely does. And you and you can see, too, like one of the coolest moments in that is you can see how she organizes all of her notes, too. And it's it's the sort of mad genius kind of thing with all these like hand scribble notes and like post-its and, and sticky marks and everything like that. So you can tell she's really invested in it. So at this point, they wind up uh, the, uh, getting caught up in a storm in this in their version of the Bermuda Triangle, essentially. Um, the Dragon's Triangle. The the Dragon's Triangle, excuse me. But again, it's their version of the, the Yeah, no, no, I, I was just saying that's what they call it, yeah. Yeah. So the Dragon's Triangle where they get caught up in a storm and smashed against the rocks and wound up basically almost dying and wind up on this island. And that's where the game kind of really starts. Yeah. The, uh, the, the main premise, the reason why they're going is actually not for her expedition. It's an expedition that is uh, set into motion by... Um, descendants of Himiko, who is this sun queen, uh, and they're related to Sam. Is that friend from college is actually the uh, related to them? So the supposedly uh, at the time, yeah. But what it is is that in order to kind of fund this, they have this other quote unquote more experienced archaeologist who is doing some type of reality type show. And so that's why they have the cameras going along. And I kind of like that. I like the, the feel of it and how they worked it in. You, you knew right off the bat that this guy's a douchebag. Uh, and then you, you see that play out throughout, but, uh, and, and so they, they use some cliches in terms of the story, but it's done in such a way that it still works and it's still, sure. it's a, it, it makes the cast a little bit more fleshed out because that's one of the problems that I found with the game because it is so heavily invested with, with Laura that a lot of the other characters, damn near all of them, with the exception of Roth, who is essentially a, a mentor to her, they're all so two dimensional that they really, even though the, the voice acting is great, their their characters are almost caricatures of specific types of stereotype characters and and they they're not nearly fleshed out enough um when you compare it to an uncharted game which they're the same type of game so it's a fair comparison when you look at the supporting cast of any of the uncharted games 
what I mean, it's amazing. They have lives of their own, those people, and you care for them much more. So when something happens to them, you are invested, whereas they really blew that with this game, because even though throughout the game you're trying to save often that friend Sam, you've gotten so little interaction with her, so much background story. The character is... You're not invested in it. You're not, and you really, really should be. And I found myself, I don't know if you agree, but I found that to be one of the main things um, holding back the story in some ways. It's kind of weird because even with that, I still liked it better than any other Tomb Raider game as far oh, as definitely. that goes. Yeah, I will of, say that, yeah. They, they at least attempted to provide you a compulsion. Like why this is happening, why this is important for Laura. Yeah. Um, now, I will say that I don't know if you if you were able to do this, but if you found all of the journals, you get. Oh, yeah. That depth for the characters. Yeah, that's but it's not it's not readily there. Exactly. You to seek it. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. And and that's a fairly big problem because not everybody is going to go around looking for these journals. That said, if you haven't played it yet and you plan on on playing it, seek out those journals because my mm-hmm. god, and they're they're read to you by the voice actors in a phenomenal way. So, it's it's well worth it and you get amazing backstory from some of these journals like things that then when you proceed interacting with the characters all of a sudden you really feel more invested with them oh yeah absolutely especially especially sam um sam's journals were very interesting at least to me uh and it made it actually worthwhile to me like i can understand more why laura wanted to save her and that's uh, or laura that's because you know, they really are like best friends. And you can see where in the journals where Sam has gone to bat for Lara and like push this, you know, through as much as she could with any influence she had and, you know, really believes that Lara had the right of it all along, things like that. And it's it's kind of interesting to see like Sam basically was Lara's support at the beginning before getting to this island, and then to see the role kind of reversed, it's very very intriguing. Yeah. So going back to the story, after the shipwreck, the crew is separated and Lara finds herself on her own, essentially. And then you find out she's got a walkie-talkie and she's talking to different people that, again, people are in different areas. And then it becomes this job of going out to try to get everybody together and get off of this island. You also find out that there is this cult that is on the island and these are very bad men. (laughs) That becomes apparent immediately. These are very, very bad men that have been on this island for a long time. And you get the impression that essentially they've gone feral and it's just, they are trying to kill her and do all manner of bad things. So, the um again right off the get go you are having to deal with these guys you essentially get caught by them at, at some point quite early on so at this point we're still looking at the introductory introductory um tutorial essentially but they blended it into the storytelling which i really like they did a very very good job with that granted there's a lot of button mashing quick time events for those but it's just to teach you the mechanics of the game and how it's going to work out and then later on you have a lot more freedom in terms of your gameplay i will agree with that um they actually the quick time events were one of the things i absolutely did not enjoy about this game yeah 
Um, and, and the were only little- reason for that is that, and you'll learn this quick, uh, you're going to learn which two buttons you need to use, and you're going to be hovering your keys, your hands over those keys. Uh, as soon as those possibilities even come up, like when you know QuickTime event's possibly going to come, you're going to be find yourself hovering your hands over those keys. If you miss or if you hit the wrong button and you take a couple extra seconds, you're dead. You're dead, yeah. And I found that that was the problem with the boss fights as well. And we'll get to that later, but that was exactly the problem that I found with those. So anyways, at this point here, again, still within the introductory uh, tutorial kind of thing, um, here is where she gets abducted by the crew and escapes from them. And you get more information about these guys often just by actually standing there and listening. And you find out how they're talking about their, their leader and how they're talking about what's going on and different things like that. Um, the leader is called Matthias. And so here is again, when you get to that one pivotal scene and it's a fight with the, he he's not the main leader in the game of these 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 men this cult but um of this little group he is one of the leaders kind of thing and basically you have to kill him now this the is Russians. what's that the russians <laughs> this is well there's actually there's guys from all over the world and that's something right. you find out later on this again the, this dragon's triangle is very much like the bermuda triangle where in a lot of different Ships have run ashore there, planes, everything onto the island. And there's a reason for it. And we'll get to that a little later on as well. And then whoever survives is basically either killed or incorporated into this cult and broken down. And that's another thing when you're talking about the different um, journals, you actually find journals from Matthias as well as some of the higher ups within and some of the lower um, henchmen, essentially. And you find out the process that they go through to break these men so that they become these feral men who just listen to Matthias. So anyways, at this point here, you are having to kill one. There's no choice about it. You kill. And it's her first kill. And here's something that is that was well handled Mm -hmm. and also really takes you out of the game because she has such a problem killing him and it drives her nuts and she's crying and hovering over the body and kneeling down and it's breaking her apart. Meanwhile, as the gamer, you're like, it was a clean kill. Get like him, get his gun and just get out of there. It was clean. He deserved it. Trust me. He deserved worse before you off them. It's good run. Uh, But, but of course the character is kind of, making it obviously shown that it is traumatic. But then from that point on makes no It's headshots for everybody. And she's just taking it all in style. <laughs> it's all fine. Nope. So there's no kind of buffer there period where she's still bothered by having to kill. It's just, there's that fine line where she goes from this innocent archeologist that hates killing anyone to this murderous rampaging woman out on a vendetta. Well, you know, and I, I disagree a little bit um, just because if you stand idle with her at certain points, because thankfully I having just adopted a puppy, I had to randomly go idle. And uh, I found out that she will actually talk herself through 
yes. previous events, which is kind of cool because she's justifying it and she's talking about it with herself. She's like, you had no choice. You had to do it. It was you or them. She's like, I don't, you know, this is not who I want to be, but this is who I have to be. Like comments like that. I thought were, you know, it was, it really served the character well. And I thought it was kind of an interesting little flavor thing that they threw in for her. And I agree. And I did hear those as well. I, I do agree. But because they are only when you're idle and not when the action is actually happening, it makes a big difference in how you take that, that the I, character. Well, that I would say is I also played through on a higher difficulty level setting, and you're idle a lot too because you have to plan your moves very carefully. Um, because when you're anything past normal, you will die a lot. Uh, so you, I can kind of understand why they also put that in there as well. Because anytime you go above like a standard gameplay, you're going to be spending time planning your trip, uh, figuring out where you have to go, how many enemies you have. You're going to spend a lot of idle time or a lot of time in survival mode trying to plan out the best way to get there. So it's it's kind of – I think it's a kind of cool reward as well for having that extra difficulty level uh, associated uh, with it. So Okay. Uh, in terms of like the combat for the game and whatnot, you're looking at your, your first weapon that you get is the bow, which I thought was brilliant. They did a very mm-hmm. good job with that. And then you later get, you get a gun, you get a shotgun, you get an assault rifle. You, you also get a climbing axe, which you need to parkour all over the damn place. And, uh, and then you also have the options as you are leveling to upgrade your weapons, upgrade different skills and whatnot. And you do that by salvaging various things that as you are progressing through the game. They also teach you about hunting and foraging right off the get-go and you have a feeling that you're going to need to do this but it was like they designed it into the game at the beginning and then at some point just scrapped it and thought this is going to take up too much time and you really you never have to do it throughout the entire game so that was a little ridiculous uh, but the counterpoint is they turned it into salvage like that's what you get out of it now so like you go hunting and foraging and you get salvage bits um, you can also find uh, on some of the larger animals, like the larger wolves, you can actually find upgrade components that they've apparently swallowed because they, they've, <laughs> they've swallowed from, you know, killing the islanders or whatever you can assume. Uh, kind of a stupid video game trope at that point, but hey, it works. Yeah. Uh, so survival does actually become important because you can't upgrade everything without doing it. Like I, I almost had everything. But I needed to spend more time hunting if I really, really wanted to get everything upgraded. And that's the thing, though. You really don't need it, though. I mean, you I'm sure it can do help at the you. higher levels. Yeah, but no, what I mean is that you don't need to have upgraded all of the weapons. So the weapons that I upgraded, I did it just by salvaging as I went along. I, I rarely shot any animals as I went along unless they were attacking and, me and I didn't go and hunting I- them. Again, I think that's a distinction, too, between uh, easy, normal, and hard. Yeah, uh, I played on normal. hard... Yeah, and hard you have to. You right. do not have a choice because the amount of random salvage that's strewn out through the game in hard is half of what it is in normal. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, and then you also have survival instincts, which is basically yes. if you play the Batman games, it's basically the Batman detective mode. And it highlights different things in the game like what walls are climbable, flammable objects, um, rope surfaces because you can use your rope to kind of, again, 
rappel down to different spots, uh, bodies to loot and, and things like that. Um, I like the way that they handle that. And I, ironically, I actually preferred it over the Batman detective mode, which is saying a lot simply because it didn't stay on. Yes, With Batman, it thing. became way too easy just to leave it on a lot of the time just because a it looked cool as shit and it was fun and it really helped a lot with gameplay whereas this it's like as soon as you move boom it's off and i like that i like that because they basically tied it into she's taking stock of what's around her. of what's around her so she's taking her time and i kind of like that like it's not a preternatural sense it's her literally standing still and looking at what's around her yeah um and i did like the fact that it did break down uh, after you started moving and i thought that was absolutely brilliant uh because it, it let them do something to help the player without making it something that has to excuse me has to constantly be on and the reason i say that is because detective mode and batman ruined a lot of the cool scenes because you wanted to keep it on but you missed really awesome artwork or background items or things like that because uh, the art in the game was actually really well done yeah. and it was really well done here too there's a lot of really cool oh, vistas Jesus. and landscapes and architecture that if you had that on all the time would just be washed out and just it would you it would be a, a travesty because there are some very despite this game being about survival and a lot of murder there's some very gorgeous parts in this game well the island itself is got the island has more life to it and background than most of the secondary characters in the game. The the island is and and uh, I mean I'm, I kind of complain a little bit about that, but it is the game is about her and the character representation, the writing for her, the voice acting, the movements, everything. When she runs, she runs her hands along the wall. If you're close to a wall or or the fence, she she lights a torch without you having to tell her. The way that she moves when she's crossing, you know, small openings, everything is so dynamic and so well done that that character is very fleshed out. And then the island is as well. I mean, the island is full of old ww2 bunkers and science installations and then you got shanty towns and and these gorgeous monasteries and things like that and you have influences from obviously it's a japanese island so you have all of those influences in there as well so the island is insanely beautiful not just when you're on the shore looking out which at those points good God, it's I, I've got screenshots Agreed. because I was just standing there looking, and uh, but if you are actually just wandering around everywhere, it's gorgeous. And like when you're in some of these old bunkers and whatnot, you can actually take the time and look around and the posters on the wall and the different things. Some of the posters you can actually light on fire too because it's propaganda stuff. It's it's brilliantly done. And you get to see a lot of that because, again, it is an open world feel to a certain degree. The, the story will take you where you need to go. However, you can veer off and explore a lot of little dungeons, which are just little areas that are closed off, which will enhance the story in some ways, will oh, get you different, um, different items that you uncover and things like that. But they really flesh out the island as well. You get these little history lessons. And that's where you also get a lot of the, the typical Tomb Raider puzzles. Although they're much better done than in a lot of previous Tomb Raider games because, I mean, they're, they're, you really, some of them, you're stopping and thinking for a while. Like, how am I supposed to get there onto that ledge and it'll take you a little while to figure it out and uh, and when you do 
I don't know about you, but again, there were a couple of them that there was a little cheer. I was like, yes, <laughs> oh, yes. got you. Absolutely. Because they were so well done. Hell, the very first, uh, the very first one, the uh, Forgotten General. The, I, uh, the, the very, the very, very, very first hidden tomb, the one where they kind of tell you that hidden tombs exist on this island. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. The very first puzzle with the shutters and the and everything else, like trying to figure out how to get up to that ledge. Like I freaking cheered when I finally got up there because that shit was hard. Yeah, <laughs> there was the one that I found that I actually had to look up. Like, what the crap am I supposed to to do here? I found a very, very good guide online, and uh, I had to. And she was stuck there. And it was one of these where you have again these these uh, these pulleys, and you have different um, things where you could either stack things in or you can go in, kind of thing, to go up and down. And it was just a matter of timing it perfectly and that's what i was having a problem with i knew the mechanics of okay i need to do this and this to kind of weigh it down or take some weight off so that it goes up but it was that you have to be on this ledge very quickly and then run jump run again and jump to make Mm -hmm. it to the other side once you figure that out you're fine but i like that they did that as well because it's not just about figuring it out using your brain but the character is very much, much like, again, Uncharted, Indiana Jones. It's physical. It's a lot about her ability. I want to be freaking Lara Croft. I want to be able to kick butt <laughs> and do the shit that she does, climbing walls and running on. I got bum knees. I'm looking at this thing. You go, girl. Look at that. Holy crap in hell. She's awesome. And uh, And so, yeah, so a lot of these little hidden caves i actually haven't gotten a hundred percent on them but i still have the game installed and i'm going to go back and, and and do some more but uh but i got a crap load of them done and they were so much fun and the, here's where oh, you absolutely. have something where it didn't take you out of the game at all in nope. any way shape or form so blending in those puzzles that you got to fix with the adventure without destroying it and taking you out of the game so again kudos to them for that uh, and even some of the mandatory puzzles that you have to do were very oh. difficult as far as planning, like the uh, the, the elevator in the bunker. That yes. took a while Dude. to figure out. <laughs> I was doing that one, and my son Tristan was beside me. And I, I, I got two of them done, and I'm literally looking at this, and I'm running up and down, up and down, and I'm <laughs> looking everywhere. And I can see where I'm supposed to be but I can't figure out how to get there. And he's standing beside me and he'd been watching for a while. He says, I got it. And I was like, shut up, you little bastard. <laughs> he took off and went to do something else. And then later on, he asked, so did you figure it out? He says, yes, I figured it out. <laughs> but it was also one of those, again, like you were saying, once you figured it out, which that one, I didn't use a guide. I figured it out. It was like, yes. And... For most of them, especially if it was part of the storyline, there's a really good reward, even if it's like a three-second cinematic of this platform crashing down to the ground, Mm -hmm. that you feel that satisfaction. In the other ones, it's basically you, you find a hidden treasure, and then there's some information about it, which is very cool again, which gives you... A nice little history lesson on, uh, most of the time, Japanese artifacts, which is very friggin' cool. But the in-game stuff rewards you with just, again, those little scenes where something crashes, something happens. When you're saving one of the characters, trying to save one of the characters later on, and the door is blocked by cables, 
that have a charge going through them and you have to move the thing on the ceiling so that it goes crashing into the door. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Again, very freaking cool when you're finally done that one and you get that door blasting off and everything and it's like, all right, I feel kick-ass. I'm Laura Croft. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they did do a really good job with balancing the difficulty of the uh, the puzzle with the reward, so to speak. Yeah. So what you're doing a lot of the time here, as I said earlier, is you are basically chasing after the other members of your crew. Um, spoiler alert, you see some of them die as you go along in pretty freaking epic ways. I got to tell, uh, say that much. And, uh, but you also get to work with some of them, mostly Roth, of course. Like that scene where you are crossing the bridge and he is on another, he's way off with his sniper rifle, clearing the way for you. Oh, that was wonderful. I, edge of my freaking seat. It was that like, was perfect. Oh drama. my God. That was because you feel the tension when he's like saying, stop. It was like, and, and you freeze. And then nail somebody in the head. Okay, go. And then you keep going. And then the quick time events, some of them worked exceptionally well. And often when you had the ones when you're crossing a bridge and it's falling apart and you're rushing through kind of thing, I felt those were, I mean, your heart's in your throat because you know if you screw up, she is going to die in the most gruesome way possible. Like some of the ones where you're going through the uh, the landslide kind of things with the water and everything. You, man, when you veer off to the wrong side, you've got a freaking rebar ramming itself yeah. through your throat and head. And it's like, oh, my God. There were a couple of deaths where I'm not ashamed to say my mouth went, to, my hand went to my mouth. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the first time, the first time of many that I failed on the water one, the very first water slide. I uh, I literally went, oh, God, oh, 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 no. And I actually had to get up and, like, walk away from the game for a little bit because it was bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, again, you're chasing after your crew. You find out partway through that they've taken Sam because they believe she is the reincarnation of this sun queen, uh, Himiko. And so they want to have a, a ceremony with her and basically try to kill her to see if it is Himiko. And uh, because you find out later on, again, Himiko was this this angry god, essentially, of this island who ruled the island with godlike powers and she could control the weather. And that is why you find out later that uh, basically any type of transportation, be it plane, helicopter, boat, cannot leave the island and well, she's, I found, because she's controlling it there's and the interesting reason behind that at the end i thought was really cool well go ahead so at this point we basically find out the the big reveal revolving around uh him ago right and it starts early on and you get notions of this when you do the dungeons and the the tombs uh where lara finds that there's an ascension ritual where one queen takes over for the next queen uh, in this event, and it's what is thought to be symbolic, pouring the power from the previous queen into the new queen, basically following the vessel. Um, what we find out later, however, is that Himiko actually is every queen that's ever existed. So the Sun Queen is some form of preternatural being that basically 
possesses or invests uh, itself into the next queen, the next vessel. And the ascension ritual basically is them sacrificing a compatible vessel to this entity to go from one body to the other. And you find out that the reason why nobody can leave the island is because in the middle, and this is found out through journals too, in the middle of an ascension ritual, the person that was supposed to uh, basically become possessed had figured out what was going to happen, one of the priestesses, and basically had stabbed Himiko and ran. So the ceremony was left incomplete, trapping this all-powerful being into a decaying dead body, essentially. Uh, and you find out that that's why these storms are happening and nobody can leave the island. So she'll let people get to the island in the hopes that a body or compatible vessel will arrive, but nobody's allowed to leave the island until the ceremony is completed. Matthias has figured this out as well, which is a very important thing for you to realize uh, because then you realize that's what he wants Sam for. Sam is a compatible vessel. We found this earlier when he tries to burn Sam alive at the stake and the wind basic and the wind and water blow out the fire. So he's like, compatible vessel, we'll sacrifice it to Himiko, Himiko will let us leave. And that is like well, the not just motivation leave. for his character. Not just leave. For him, he doesn't want to leave. It's all about he wants to be in her good graces. And no, he wants to leave. Like he's made that very, very plain. I don't he's recall like, him actually making saying that at any point that it's about leaving. In the a journals, lot of the, he says it as well. Okay, maybe I missed some of them because the journals that I read, no, that it's not made reference to that. Okay. Because he wants to leave and then he's going to offer to spread the word of him ago. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, you, you find out a lot of those little bits as you're reading different journals. And then, of course, at the end during the ceremony as well, because obviously it all leads up to this. Um, the thing that's cool, and this is where you insert the, again, the supernatural into the Tomb Raider story, much like you do in, you know, the, the Indiana Jones stories is that she has still got all of these old guardians, ancestral, ancestral, ascension, sorry, um, ritual guardians. And there's all of these Japanese guards that, you know, it's all of these kind of ghosts in, 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 in armor and different things that are also protecting her and protecting the different monasteries and different locations and whatnot. So you are then not only fighting the these this cult, but you're also having to take these guys on. And these guys are freaking badass. <laughs> so oh, yeah. when you're going up against hordes, waves of them as they're coming towards you, you're looking at some insane fight scenes and you really have to think your way through. Now, I found, um, especially... The main one, when you are, you're at the, you're, you're making your way towards the, the, the main, um, monastery area and whatnot, when you're fighting wave after wave of them and you're making your way through, even on normal, that shit was hard that you had to really plan ahead for those. Yeah. I, I, I was very happy that I invested points in brawler, um, because that's the only reason I survived those entire scenes is because diving and wounding and diving and wounding. Like, I didn't shoot at all during any of those scenes. Like, I, I just couldn't. There were just too many of them. So it was literally me jamming the shift button. So you just see me, like, tapping shift and hitting F, tapping shift, hitting F, like, constantly trying to circle them. And it's the only reason I survived. 
but it was very intense. Very well done. I, I oh, yeah, say. yeah, yeah. If I can plan it right with the video, you should be seeing my take at this, which was a lot more frenetic. It was a lot more of dive in, shoot the crap out of everybody, bounce around, shoot some of the barrels that blow up, try to do whatever the hell you can to survive because I tried planning through a lot of times and it just kept biting me in the ass. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going in, guns blazing, and, and she would win. And it was like, yes, I love you. <laughs> so you make your way in and now close to this point as well you have seen that this again reality tv archaeologist bastard well he is stabbing you in the back for the purpose of just getting a better story and he's actually working with matthias to help them get sam for this ascension ritual and he's if you read his journals that are left wow you really don't feel bad about him dying later on. <laughs> nope, not <laughs> he, at all. He is freaking ruthless, sick bastard. So you you are dealing with that, and then you are dealing again more with with Matthias and um, and his crew. You you make your way into the 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 main monastery, and I really loved how they again. I I didn't some of the quick time events I didn't like, but some really did and when you're in those moments of peril when you're in the burning buildings and yes. there's guys everywhere and you're either shooting at guys shooting at japanese guards jumping away from fire repelling onto walls with your climbing axe it you can feel that tension and you're really really like Again, edge of your seat, like, holy crap in hell, I got to get through. And I really, really dug those moments because not only are you heavily invested in the character by this point, not only are you heavily invested in the story as well, but because of how well rendered the environment is, like I, like we said earlier, the island is a character here. It's so gorgeous. These monasteries, monasteries, you want to stop and look at what is going on. Like the, the, the room that has the giant paintings that show the story of Himiko and the Ascension mm -hmm. rituals and all that. And you're like, my God. And then you have these, these other moments where you can't pause, but you really wish you could. And I found those so well done and progressing the, the, the game forward that that's what caused me to finish the game so fast. And it is because I just couldn't stop playing it. And I would agree with that. Like there was a lot of little things that kept me wanting to play the game, and there were a lot of little things that added up in such a very in like it was definitely calculated on Square's part when they did this. Oh, well, Crystal so Dynamics, I'm, you should say actually. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, they develop. Um, Square just published. Um, and the only thing, and here's where we have to get to the, the the bad parts. In my opinion, there are a couple of boss fights. And it's not really the boss fight with Matthias that you would hope for. We'll, we'll get to that after. But you're fighting a couple of bruisers, essentially, that are massive. One of them is a cult member. The other one is a Japanese guard. Initially, you don't even think that you're going to have to go up against this Japanese guard because he gets blown by the freaking wind. It's an epic scene, but I thought at the time I was thinking, well, that's a cop out i mean you just went through wave after wave of the other japanese guards you see he's there and you're thinking oh that's going to be the fight but then he gets blown off but he comes back but what i found was that with both of these two bruisers which are the boss fights in the game they are way too scripted 
they're formulaic, they're identical in nature, except that instead of shooting one here, you shoot them there. Uh, and it's just a dodge, shoot, shoot, and then the quick event time events of pressing a couple of buttons. And they were identical. And I thought that that really took away a lot for me for those boss fights. For me, it... I question the necessity of even having. The yes, boss I agree. I agree. And and that's what it is. Like they just felt like they were kind of haphazardly thrown in last second. Like I wouldn't mind uh, if they weren't boss fights, but they definitely played out like boss fights too, with how they were scripted, yeah. how they were, you know, how the encounters played out, how the ads came in, things like that. It, it didn't feel organic to the story. It felt very out of place. Now, had it have just been something that. You know, this is just a guy, like a larger guy that you have to handle, that'd be fine. Well, like, it was also the, just how much you had to handle that made it an oh obvious God, yeah. boss fight. Because you, like, you went through these again, and it's, had it been just a couple of times or maybe been different quick time event scripted things that you had to do, then that would have been fine. But it was the same thing that you had to do over and over and over and over again, and, and even more than that. And that's what really kind of ruined it for me. So, well, and, and yeah, it, it just, it, when you get that repetitive for the two boss fights, you're gonna, it's going to suck. Yeah, and it did. And then when you are going up against Matthias at the end, now the, here is, this is supposed to be it. This is the boss. <laughs> it went from quick time event, scripted quick time thing with the, those two bosses to this guy, it being entirely quick time where you are pressing a couple of buttons at the right time. And then he's pushed away and you're firing with guns. Made me think very much of Mass Effect 3 when you're walking towards uh. the beam and you're firing. And it was terrible. It was terrible. It was A, way too short for this the bad guy in the game that it was it was a joke i thought i mean in terms of story wise fine i can deal with it but man i was it was ramping up to so much more and i thought it fell flat on its face with that i disagree i actually think that the matthias was it wasn't a boss fight. It was an encounter. And there's a little bit of a difference there because it wasn't supposed to be a boss fight. And I can appreciate that. Because honestly, I didn't want to have a boss fight with Matthias because I'm thinking about it at this point. Laura is a survivor, right? At this point, she's gone through countless members of his men. She's got more weapons than he does. It shouldn't be that much of a fight. He's, a, he's an orator. He's a cult leader. Yes, he can shoot guns. Yes, he can fight, but he hasn't in how long. It shouldn't be that much of a fight. It should be something where, you know, Laura just absolutely destroys him. And I got what I wanted out of it in that regard. Like, I don't think it should have been a boss fight. I think what we got out of it is what it should have been. It's an end point to the story. And okay. I think that, that that's that all a, it needed to be. That's actually me. a good point. No, 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 I'm going to give you that one. That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, so once you are done that, then you have the, again, quick time event of taking out Himiko. And, uh, and then from there it progresses with the story wrapping up and the obvious opening for the next one, a which sequel. they've said they, they are working on. And I'm very glad based on this that they are. I'm, I'm hoping that it'll have this caliber of writing and work to it. Um, so again, overall, 
the story in this game, um, there's not a, a ton in terms of like if you're looking at the overarching story, it's not a, a very complicated story, but it's handled in such a way that it's gripping throughout and it's very, very well done. The The multiplayer in the game is completely, you know, just they, there was no reason to put it in other than everybody always wants to put multiplayer in these games now. So it's really, it's it's compared to the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, which was phenomenal still great Tristan actually still plays he was playing it yesterday for hours still plays the Mass Effect 3 uh, multiplayer all the time because it is that good this is not that this is really not worth playing but in terms of just that standalone game I can't recommend this game enough to people I would agree I would absolutely agree as a it was worth every penny Um, I'm actually kicking myself a little bit that I waited so long to pick it up so again it's not without its faults some people will agree i've talked to uh, talked to a few people about it who agreed too about the secondary characters and how you know they they don't feel nearly as invested because of that and that it's for some people that really put them off i was able to deal with that just because it is a tomb raider story so that character is incredibly well fleshed out and it it worked in that regard. So definitely check it out. You've obviously seen a lot of the footage here because of the uh, the stuff that's running from my gameplay, which is not always the best, <laughs> but I try. And uh, <laughs> make sure to subscribe to this channel. We'll be doing some other games shortly. And visit us at internetdragons.tv. You can also follow us on Twitter at internetdragons. And with that, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I can honestly say that I think that's the first time you've ever conceded a point to me like that. So I'm, I'm feeling giddy. <laughs> Is that a fact? I think so. I, that's not true. I, I think so. I think that's the first time you've actually said, you know, I'm going to give you that. That's a very good point. I think that's I, the first time you've ever bullshit. said that to me. Bullshit. I'm willing to go back and re- re-listen to every episode now. And just, I think, I think it is. <laughs> Listen to you. I can hear you're smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. Jesus Christ.